Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to an episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. What is up, everybody? So, of course, the biggest news to happen, obviously, since last time we recorded... Yeah, you know it's worldwide basically now, but um, Westworld came out, came back out. Yes, and it's amazing. And if you haven't mm. watched Westworld, you might as well do it now because there's like some sort of quarantine happening or something. I don't know. Uh, it's don't know. all it's all kind of vague and nonsensical. But yeah, I don't I don't pay attention to anything that says who cares the, the fake lamestream media. Mm. No. But Westworld's real. So let me talk about that. Because as I told you, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe I should rewatch it now. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been planning to rewatch it, but you just put it off. You put it off, put it off. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, well, it's only like 10 episodes, two seasons each. So I I could do that. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And I was telling you, Going back and rewatching it, it was like everything they did mm. was so goddamn good. Yeah. Because I remember, because I've said this a million times and I still mean it. The first season of Westworld is some of the most captivating uh, TV I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I've never been so glued. And, I'm, and I mean, like, I love shows, but I've never been so glued to a TV show like that first season. Everything about it, every single week, you're like, I I have a new theory. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but I so I remember specifically, which is crazy because it was a couple years ago now. Anyways, yeah, I remember the first season super vividly. And rewatching it now, it was like everything was right there. We just weren't paying attention. We just didn't. They said this right here. Uh, wink, wink, wink. Oh, we didn't even fucking get it. But then we're watching it now. It's like, oh, it's all there. And yeah. then even season two, like, I understand why people were, like, confused. And they're like, oh, they're trying to do the same thing as, as season one, whatever. But really, it's because that's one and the same. Yeah, they were. The way I kind of look at it is, like, they're two parts of the same season. Yeah, which I don't feel like that's bad at all. No. I just feel like season one was setting up what you know season two was finishing it. Yeah. This one now is starting to be like, hey, all that stuff that we did there, now this is like the real consequences of it. Everything that we were setting up for, this is... See, it's that that thing that we we constantly say like with... With Marvel or Star Wars, where people they jump to conclusions right away, where they're like, well, "What does that mean? Well, what does this mean? What does that mean?" And it's like, like with Age of Ultron, right? Everyone was all, "Oh, this doesn't make any sense. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? How come this? How come that?" Blah, blah 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 blah. And then look at, as soon as it got to Endgame, and everyone hated Age of Ultron, and now 
What? Oh, they're like, oh yeah, it was actually one of the better ones because it started setting up for Endgame like way before, and it's like, yeah, that's what we said back when it came out, and you guys were just complaining about it. That's what Westworld's been doing. Yeah, and and it's it does all of that without still giving it away. Yeah, because this season is still setting up for mysteries that we think we know we're gonna get, but then it's like. Because you think, like, everything in season one and two laid it all on the table, right? And mm. it's like, oh, okay, this is the general gist of what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then you come back in this outworld. Obviously, this is going to be a little bit spoilers alert and, you know, maybe theories. But you come back to the real world, and then you find out that the real world is also controlled by this giant AI yeah. computer system thing. And then you start digging into that, and or well, hopefully we start digging into that, and it's like, so what does this all well, mean? And then what you also find out too in this first episode is like the person we thought, well, the person we were told of just for just a few seconds that was controlling it isn't even controlling it. Then it's like that same thing of like with with what, in the first couple seasons where we were told that um, Ford was in charge, right? And then we finally, and then we kind of scale back and we realize like. Oh no, they are kind of given this whole algorithm and designed to be on their own. Yeah. So it's like, so what so what does that mean for this AI that's coming that we that we barely got to we barely even got to see. Yeah, just I mean, rewatching the first two seasons obviously got me stoked, but also it just made me really appreciate everything they're doing because one thing that I don't think we really ever talked about, but when they cut to those cinematic scenes in the second season and it's i think it's usually like when they're in the computer or it's like a, oh yeah because like, inner like monologue when, or whatever. Um, when they go inside bernard's brain right yeah yeah um, and first of all i mean it looks amazing second of all it just makes me think one day can we at least get like a new westworld movie like maybe it can yeah. end with the movie because it looks so fucking beautiful. Well, because how long did they want to go for? They wanted. They said so they like originally five, said they four originally five? said uh, they had idea for seven seasons. Oh shit! But they did say that they weren't sure how they were going to how they were going to get to the end, but they know the end and that they might be able to do it to five because last season wasn't doing as well as the first season. Yeah. So they were like, if we can, then we'll try to end it around. Uh, four seasons, four, yeah. five seasons. Yeah. So maybe, but, and that's what I love too is that they they had they have a plan. They, yeah. uh, it's just I think right now it's just what they're willing to show, but it's not just that. It's everything it sets up, and then I almost forgot about it. But the end of season two has that part where where the Men in Black comes down, yeah, and he sees his daughter and stuff, mm -hmm. and it's like. So they just showed us the future, but we're we're just supposed to put that away and be like, that's for later. Right, because what... So it insinuates that he finally figured out how to do the the thing he was doing for his um, father-in-law, where, you know, where they're trying to whatever. Yeah. Because his daughter, I guess... I don't know if his daughter... I don't know if his daughter is just supposed to be a regular host or if she's supposed to be one, but I think it insinuates that he's supposed to be like... Uh, a half and half or something yeah like because because that. that was the whole point is they were trying to fit he, he, while well, he was trying to figure out how to live 
longer, right? Yeah. By implant, by doing like implanting and stuff, and yeah. So they insinuate because because he get, killed his daughter, right? Because well, yeah, when you get down there, it's already like shit. So yeah. it's been like it's not right away because during the current timeline with Dolores, she was when she goes down there, it's all like brand new or like yeah, it's all like current. Yeah, so. I, I remember how how much time I don't know, but time that's has right, passed. that's right. And it it showed you that, but then it's like, but that's for that's later. That's that's for a, that's a little treat. It's a little treat. And then it continues this, so it's like, what's gonna happen? And honestly, I felt like this one started off exactly how it needed to. Yeah. It didn't go too far in the future. Like honestly, it feels like damn, they got a lot done in three months ish. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and that's good because everything still feels fresh mm-hmm. because three months, like when you think about it, three months is kind of a long time. Three months is like going on summer vacation. Well, and then to, to go back to the point about you saying them showing the future, we do know that they're going back to Westworld cause that's where Bernard is like, I need to go to Westworld. Yeah. And, and I think that maybe that's always going to be a plot point uh, is going back to the parks because technically what Dolores wants to do is essentially become the new humans. And I think they're insinuating that she doesn't want to kill all humans, but she just wants to control them. She wants to be like their God, right? Because they're, they're the new version of human. They're better than humans. Yeah. So they're going to be the ones running everything. And where else are you going to get all those hosts except for the park? Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. And we haven't even seen um, Thaddy Newton's character yet, too. And we know she's going to play an important part from because she's going to be um, the foil to Dolores, I think, right? Because that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what the trailer, the or like the the trailer for the series kind of made it look like. Yeah, like they were going to be butting heads with also Bernard too, right? Or they joined forces. Yeah, we just. Because they can really throw us, like, we, we've seen that they, they people have thrown us off with trailers before. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is all speculation because it's literally the first episode. Yeah. But that's what I love about this stuff. That's what I was telling you about the dispatch dispatches from elsewhere, whatever. Like, yeah. that show is just built on mystery. So you're constantly watching it like, huh. But this one, it gave you so much already in the first two seasons and you're ready for this third season to go and explore, but then you're like, but wait, there's still more going on. Like this yeah. giant AI system thing is trying to plan out world events already and figure things out. So it's like that has to that's obviously gonna play into what Dolores is doing, but how does she wanna destroy it? Does she wanna add to it? Is she gonna use that? Like instead of having this crazy all out war. Maybe she wants to get to it so it can do the bidding for her. Mm, maybe. I mean, there's there's literally so much we could do, or they could do with it. And like, yeah, like we said that they said that they have at least till five seasons, and that's two more that they could build out with. And we know at some point they're going to go back to Westworld for some reason. So I don't know. I I'm glad it's back. I love Westworld. Um, I hate that people like. <laughs> They, they they constantly do that thing where it's like, well, we don't want to see... Oh, I don't want a mystery. I just want to know what's going on. It's like, why? Like, that's the whole... Yeah, go watch Friends. Yeah. <laughs> go fucking watch Friends for the 18th time. Right. And and 
like I said, it is a, it is a first season. So yeah. I mean, the first episode. First so episode, yeah. We don't know, but yeah, this is definitely definitely still Westworld season three. If you haven't watched it, go catch up because this shit is crazy, and it's good, and it looks awesome, and everyone in it is amazing. Mm. Don't listen to middle-aged white women who yeah. only think Marvelous Miss Maisel is going to be a classic from now on and it's the only good show. Fuck you, USA Today. Yeah. <laughs> this is the fucking news. Let's talk about Disney+. Plus. Uh, late last year, Disney Plus announced it would be rebooting the Lizzie McGuire series on its streaming platform probably sometime later this year. It was a smart move um, as a new service that needs to build out their library since they unfortunately couldn't keep banking on everyone's nostalgia, I don't think. Um, the revivals run, run into a bit of trouble. Turns out Disney's not down to clown when it comes to content that pushes the limits of their vague, arbitrary, family-friendly content boundaries. Terry Minsky, the showrunner, was fired for um, letting the or for having the main series character, who's now in her thirties, you know, like grow up and like want to like ha- like have sex and have adult issues. Um, this isn't the first time that Disney Plus has run into controversy around their like family friendly like branding. Um, earlier this year, the company announced that it um, had planned to move their Love Simon TV series to Hulu. The show would have follow or follows a boy named Victor, who arrives at Creekwood High School, the same from the film, and struggles to adjust to life in the suburbs while also coming to terms with his sexuality. So basic, yeah. So basically, it's literally the same thing except as a TV show. And it's like that. I guess that makes sense. I guess it didn't fit the their mold of what a Disney Plus show should be. Um, with the stri- the streaming service citing alcohol use and sexual exploration as reasons for the move to a more adult platform, but Disney's reluctance to let Lizzie McGuire adult or two boys kiss it, kiss is a part of a bigger branding problem for the streaming service. One that calls into questions its intended audiences, audience and overarching strategy. To put it simply, who's Disney Plus really geared towards? Um, Disney Plus knows the power of nostalgia, so while spotlighting these older properties may have initially been a draw for kids and parents of those kids, they're also betting on enticing viewers who are hoping to tap back into their childhood with remakes and re-airings of older original series. Disney knows what it's doing, but does it really know who it's doing it for? Um, The idea of the streaming platform refuses to house content that isn't family-friendly, uh, um, feels like a weak attempt to avoid taking a, a stance on larger issues. If Lizzie McGuire's potty mouth or sex curriculars are too adult for Disney Plus, to streaming audience, then why are shows like like The Simpsons, um, or like any like the Marvel movies getting like top billing? Why does watered down violence and cartoonish antics rate friendlier than casual reference to a woman's sex life? Or a quick party montage of teens pounding back solo cups. Look at it. We talked about this a long fucking time ago. Uh-huh. But no one wants to fucking listen. Like, I know. we keep fucking saying. I know. And I'm like, whatever. Like, it's just one thing. Yeah. But then things keep getting fucking brought up. And it's like, seriously, does no one fucking listen? No one listens to us. Because where we stand at is we knew Disney wasn't going to do this. Yeah, I, I knew that. From the get-go, we knew it. 
But they do have a somewhat point when they're saying, yeah, but they're still letting these other movies and these other TV shows in that do push the boundaries. Why not this? Which is true. But that's Disney trying to entice people right right away. They they should have never had The Simpsons on there. They should have no. had it extra, uh, for Hulu. Yeah, and only I Hulu. thought so. I thought that too. And the the big thing though for me with Lizzie McGuire is that Disney didn't even want to give it to Hulu. They wanted to keep it, but they didn't want to do it that way. Which is like that's that is a problem. Yeah, because it's it's one thing to say, hey, like this not you know what we want to sell, which is fine because. I think Disney is going for that crowd that's a little bit like, yeah, we know this stuff, but like we don't need it in our face, right? Yeah. Because we have young kids in here. Yeah. But, I mean, kids today are probably exposed to a lot more than you think it is. That's true. The smart move would be to have Hulu as your side B, right? Your The one where, yeah, you're going to have, you want a Lizzie McGuire show? It's on there. Yeah, and I I could see how they get frustrated because, like, yeah, but that's a Disney original and we want it back on Disney. But it's like, but it doesn't deserve to be on Disney anymore. Yeah, and then one thing that um, people brought up were, like, well, look at the Mandalorian. Like, who's, I mean, that's kind of pushing the bound. I mean, he kills people. He does this. He does. He steals. He does that. And it's like, yeah, but, but like. it's fantasy. But, yeah, that's the thing is, like, space and fantasy always get a. Uh, a pa- like that's what the MP literally. Oh, it's not called the MPAA anymore. It's called the MPA. Did you know that they just they literally just switched it? Their guidelines basically are kind of like, oh, if it's like a laser or uh, like the blood's not red, you can show and that's family friendly because it's not real. Yeah. It's like, ah, see, but that goes to like my second like part of like this whole thing is like. Should Disney set better guidelines for just, like, us to understand, like, why certain shows are on Hulu as opposed to, like, Plus? I mean, maybe, but it's still, everything's still early. Yeah. Like, I know this, it's crazy to say this, but this streaming service stuff is still pretty early going on. Like, yeah. HBO still hasn't released their thing. No. Um I mean, Apple Plus barely released. Yeah. Quibi still hasn't come out, or whatever. <laughs> Quibi, Quibi, whatever. Quibi, whatever. Uh, this Disney Plus thing barely came out. The whole idea of trying to have Hulu be like their, you know, part B to whatever who uh, Disney Plus is doing, that's still pretty new. Netflix is the only one that's constantly been doing it, and Netflix that Netflix started as like it's whatever. You know, you don't want to watch your kids on there. They can fucking watch nudity. And yeah. that's not our fault. We we have, you they can go you, to yeah. your kids, like uh, Netflix, whatever. And change it. Yeah, but that's up to you. So they're, I, I would say they're the most in the clear than anyone. And then even Amazon Prime is just like, eh, we have stuff on there. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> catered toward grownups. It's not catered toward no. kids. There's programming for both, but. Well, it's kind of clunky, so I don't think it's catered to anyone. That's what I'm saying. It's like (laughs) there. Uh, But what Disney has been doing is trying to set this precedent of like, well, this is kid-friendly. And that is where it does get a problem where, well, what is acceptable? And and I will say that it does make sense that they want to maybe keep the little bit more TV 14 stuff a little bit more towards 
Hulu if it has to deal with like real life stuff, right? Because well, that's the teen stuff that I mean, how many kids are gonna go on there and be like, oh yeah. I mean, know. all freeform stuff is on Hulu, right? It's not on Disney Plus. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. And that's exactly is what like it the, is. Is the because uh, it was what was it called before? It was um, um, ABC Family. Family, yeah. Because that was like the like it was for like teenagers. That's why they changed it to Freeform. Yeah, that's where like grownish is American teenager was on there. Yeah, or Life of American Teenager. Or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and that that honestly makes sense. So having something like the Love Simon thing on there makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, having a Lizzie McGuire TV show. Well, on there would have made sense. Honestly, I feel like if there was no Disney Plus and they were going to do a Love, Simon, they would have done it on Freeform anyways. Yeah. So it would have been on Hulu anyways. And I feel like Lizzie McGuire, the same thing. Like, if it was going to go more, if it was going to go, like, more adult, skew adult, they wouldn't have it on the Disney Channel. They would have put I it think, on, like. I think where this is going to be a problem, if they start to neuter ideas of, because, like, if you've seen any of their original movies, it's all, like, kid movies. Mm. So, it'd be it, if they start to neuter that to where it's, like, they don't show gay people, they don't show, like, real struggles, like, you know, all that stuff. Because, yeah. like, kids can watch that stuff, but it's catered towards them. So, they can, you know, yeah. they can learn to grow with it instead of having Lazy McGuire, like, yeah, so I got railed really hard last night. And like, <laughs> oh, you know? Like, that's different. But having... A story where his kid, this kid has a best friend who, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't like, I don't like girls. And he's like, oh, that's fine. Like, that's normal for yeah. a kid to, to know that that's normal. Yeah. But to, to have, like, someone say, like, yeah, so, like, oh, man, I got so horny last night. I was looking at a bunch of cocks. I didn't even care what it is. It's like, that's that's for grownups. That's yeah. for, not grownups, but that's for more matures. But if Disney starts to do that, where they're like, hey, how come... This isn't on Disney Plus, but it's on Hulu, but it fits Disney Plus. Like, Love, Simon, you, I could totally see why it's not on there. Uh, this Lizzie McGuire that they wanted to do, I could I could see why they would want it on there. But the Lizzie McGuire that they should do shouldn't be on there. So, like, all that does make sense. Yeah. But if Disney starts to say, like, well, he's not. I mean, they're not gay. Like, that's when you start to say, like. Okay, now you're really like fucking it up. Yeah. Right now, with the two examples that we got, I'd say it's okay. Yeah. But if if they do start to do these things where it's like, oh hey, this original this original movie we did or TV show, and it's like, this is a kids TV show. How come it's on Hulu? Why is it on Disney Plus? Oh, because the kid has two dads. And that's uh, a, yeah. Then that would be a problem. Yeah, that's would be like okay. Now this is a fucking problem. You made it yeah. a problem. But yeah. for what it is, uh, this is a, this is more of a loaded question than anything, but what they're doing specifically with these I two know, shows, yeah. not bad. But going forward, yeah, this is setting the precedent that you're saying that you don't want more mature stuff on there. So when you start to pick and choose what goes on there, you can't go back. You can't say that, oh, well, you decided to put like Dark Phoenix on there, blah blah blah, because it's it's superheroes. Like, yeah, but he the guy straight up says like, "I'll fucking kill you." Does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how is that okay? But you know, insinuating all these two, you know, gay people are in love. Oh, that's not. You can't do that. I don't know. 
Yeah. I guess we'll just have to see how it goes in the future. Uh, with movie theaters across the world closing, Universal Pictures has become the first studio to embrace a whole new mode of distribution. The company announced earlier in the week that, starting Friday, March 20th, current theatrical films like The Hunt, The Invisible Man, and Emma will be available on a wide variety of most popular on-demand services for a 48-hour rental period at a suggested retail price of $19.99 in the U.S. and the price equivalent in international markets. The release of Trolls World Tour on April 10th will happen both in theaters, if they're open still, um, and also online. Um, Jeff Schell, the CEO of NBC Universal, said, Universal Pictures has a broad and diverse range of movies, with 2020 being no exception. Rather than delaying these films or releasing them into a challenged distribution landscape, we wanted to provide an option for people to view these titles in the home that is both accessible and affordable. He went on to say, We hope and believe that people will still go to the movies in theaters where available, but we understand that for people in different areas of the world, that is increasingly becoming less possible. Unfortunately, this is another step taken in precaution to help lessen the pandemic. Now we are seeing whole theater chains shut down. Regal, AMC, and the Arizona um, local theater, Harkins, have all shut down. The box office has already plunged to the lowest depths it's been in two decades. And with the postponement of future releases, this just kind of makes the, the next logical step. That, they're, that, that, that they would start releasing it. Um, online too which they've tried before yeah and they well, still they still do um people are saying <laughs> this could undo um going to the theater and to watch movies um what do you think obviously not everything is going to stay close forever no and when people hear these closures these state of emergencies they panic and obviously we know if you've been watching news people have been buying God toilet damn. papers because like why well, i got a shit I got to use a toilet paper every single day, a whole roll, because I shit so much. Yeah, I just used to go every day to the market. I just take the roll, I take the whole roll, and I I roll it all in my hand, and that's one. That's one wipe. That's disgusting. And then, then I take another roll, I wrap it all, I put it all in my hand, do another wipe. That's why I gotta buy sixty five rolls of toilet paper. No, but like we know, and we we've seen it happen, so. I think people like yeah, like what you said, people are just they're thinking too much about it. It is gonna affect it. That's true. And I mean, China just opened their first theater and no one came. Went. Yeah. And they're like, No, 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 see look like we did good. Look at we're getting rid of the virus, it's good and they're just like mm, mm, I don't know. Uh, fool so, me once. So shame on there is gonna be that period too. So honestly, like let's say in a month Maybe a month and a half, maybe even two. Who knows? But if these, when these places start coming back and they start going back to normal, there are going to be people out there who are going to be like, I don't know if I want. I don't know if we should. Yeah. Should we? So the idea that they want to do this, whatever, that makes sense. And they've done this before too. I mean, I every once in a while there'll be a movie. Like, I'll be watching DirecTV and everything. Like, oh, hey, don't want to go to the theater? Like, blah, 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 this movie. So it they've done it before. But the fact that I think more theaters or more companies are starting to realize that the theaters aren't going to be the most viable way to, for people to watch it, 
they are focusing. And I mean, $20 for a movie sounds ridiculous, but at the same point, it's like, hey, you guys want to watch the new Trolls movie? Us eight people can watch it for $20 <laughs> instead of having to go to the theater and pay fucking $80. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's kind of crazy that, like, because did you have you seen like any of the like the live stuff? I told you, like, watching wrestling is so yeah, weird because I saw that, that nobody WrestleMania, right, is gonna have no audience. Yeah, but see, here's the thing is it is you're true, it, it, can, it can be weird, but if it's done right, yeah, it's awesome. But also, uh, there's this band called Orange who just did this, like, they were supposed to do a an album release like show then tour but obviously i think it canceled but they're like fuck it we're still gonna do it yeah so I, they, I saw that so they live streamed their whole thing and it was and that was good like the visual because they they basically said like how can we put our live show but in streaming form so usually like when they have the visuals for like a screen or whatever it like intercut with the like screen you know who would benefit from that i think um turnover yeah, like that that's what I'm saying. Like people are finding ways to do this stuff. And That'd there's right, awesome. there's there's comedians who are trying to figure out like they're doing their stand up bits and then, you know, asking well, for donations and stuff. Yeah, like, like hey, um, it's still entertaining. Pat Oswald was doing it for his neighbors. Like yeah. he was out doing like stand up comedy for his neighbors. It's like, see, like I feel like this <laughs> this finally got us to like we were kind of stagnant for a while on like yeah, we could just do the same old, same old. But it's like, no, now we have to, like, like maybe we, yeah, like, maybe now for the future we can do, like, vi like virtual concerts more so than, ha you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like more people would like that anyways. Instead well, well, especially because, you're, it's funny you say that, because um, my friend's band, Woundvac, they would do this thing for, it was like almost two years they did it nonstop. But I think it was like every couple of weeks, uh, maybe even like once a month they would uh like stream or, or maybe record i can't remember but they would just do like their practice space and it'd be them doing like cover songs and it was cool because like they because they're like you know this like crazy like grind death metal type of band mm. but they'll do they'll do like nirvana songs or they'll, they'll do like like whatever right what, what like they literally would cover whatever yeah and it was it was so fun and cool because sometimes like yeah you'll wait for them to do like an i hate god song but then yeah they'll cover like it was like the pixies or something like that and it, it was just fun and it was entertaining and it was like that was cool and that was that's year that was like what two three years before any of this stuff happened mm. and knowing that we can see stuff like that now like yeah imagine if you were to turn it on and and yeah like a band like turnover is like oh hey we're gonna do like this this like concert whatever blah blah, blah. and it's just them like playing this show maybe like oh here's just, a here's an old song we haven't played in a while and you see like you see like their their visuals and because the Cause like we met, cause you're friends with the guy who does the visuals at their, the concerts. Cause like the unique thing is like he took the old TVs and he, and he, um, basically kind of like he had a loop of a different like visuals and it's honestly it's like one of the best like things I've ever seen. Like it's it's amazing. Um, so if you if you ever get a chance to see them, 
Check well, it, check I know, because I know, canceled. I know, I know. But like in the future, I'm just saying, hopefully. And honestly, maybe this is something that bands like that will do, where they will start focusing on like the imagery again. Yeah, where they can they can realize like, hey, we know that we can do this, but what if we just were able to build a quote unquote set and let's just play a show? Like, oh, yeah, it could like this could be the the next step in the evolution of music video. I mean, to be honest. I already do that all the time with Hate Five Six. He all he does is record live uh, shows, and going to show something that I mean, well, at least back in back in my day, like three weeks ago, you could go to a show whenever you want. But you know, it's kind of nice to be like, oh hey, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll watch three Foundation sets in a row. And even though I've seen Foundation, I don't even know how many times. Just being able to sit there and watch, and especially someone like him who's like, who really focuses on the art of like camera work. Like, you know, he, he loves to like get inner cuts and he loves to do yeah. like, I think he works with like three or four cameras now. So, watching something like that for some people may seem ridiculous because they're like, why don't you just go to the show? But yeah, here we are where people can't physically do that now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he has, I don't know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of live sets where you could go right now and you could click and there's a turnover set. Yeah. But minus the bad, it is good to see like stuff like this thrive, right? To to see people who are still so passionate about what they say, they're passionate about trying to figure out ways how to, you know, not only keep entertained, but like, you know, still try to make a living. Like the Code Orange thing, they could have just done it whatever right but then people were like hey yeah this is a cool show like i was going to show here's a donation well hopefully we'll see more of this stuff um i mean to what extent i don't know because i mean people still need to quarantine themselves from other people Mm. but it is good to know that there's people out there who want to do shit like this and you know in a time like this where people literally think that everyone's gonna die and that we're gonna have to stay in our our homes for seven months because this and that it's like no it's 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 nice to see people are like hey we could still live our lives just have caution about it how how we go about things so cool i mean not the virus but the, (laughs) the other stuff yeah sir how about a glass of champagne perfect Put him in the back with the rest. Point and shoot. Everybody get down! I know what this is. It's Mannergate. Every year, these rich elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us. Where'd they get you from? Wyoming. Orlando. Mississippi. This is a real thing. You're hunting human beings for a sport. Then you're not human beings. Help you? What state is this? Most people know where they are. 
I ain't most people. You're in the glorious state of Arkansas, sweetheart. Is there anything else I can help? How'd you know she was lying? Because everyone is lying. There has to be a reason they chose us. I'm not going down with that fight. War is war. You have no idea what you're up against. This time, they picked the wrong woman. Game of survival. I'm gonna rip you to pieces. We'll see. This is a wild game of survival. The Hunt is a 2020 American film variously described as a horror or thriller directed by Craig Zobel and written by Nick Cuse and Damon Lindelof. The film follows 12 strangers who mysteriously wake up in a clearing in the middle of an area referred to only as Manor House. They do not know where they are or how they got there. They discover that they have seemingly been chosen to be hunted in a game devised by a group of wealthy elites. We get to follow a few of the strangers, played by Emma Roberts, Ike Barinholtz, and Justin Hartley, as they are killed off one by one. A small group of deplorables make it to a gas station, which turns out to be a part of the elite's group. They kill off the deplorables. After a few minutes, Crystal, played by Betty Gilpin, enters. She asks a few questions and realizes that, when they overcharge her for cigarettes in quote-unquote Arkansas, that they are lying. Crystal kills the gas station attendants, after, she meets Gary, played by Ethan Supley, and they board a train. They find a group of immigrants, and the train is stopped by a foreign military. Gary starts ranting about Manorgate, and that they're all crisis actors, before blowing up the one and only actor. Crystal is taken by a U.S. Embassy agent along with Don, another deplorable. Crystal kills the Embassy agent by kicking him out of the car. They check the trunk and find Gary's body. The two find the elites and kill them. But over the radio, Athena, played by Hilary Swank, convinces Crystal to kill Don. It's revealed that the group of people chosen are not picked at random, but are chosen based on their conservative agenda. Crystal and Athena fight. Crystal explains that Athena has the wrong Crystal. They continue to fight till Athena stabs Crystal with the blade, which Crystal then stabs into Athena, killing her. Crystal changes into a dress, takes a gun and a bottle of champagne, and boards Athena's private plane. The Hunt, a libertarian's dream. Yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd agree with that. <laughs> That's all I could think about. Yeah. I could see my friend's parents watching it, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the middle. Yeah, these yeah. people suck. Take that. Yeah. And I think I think it's funny for us, too, because we're, we lean more progressive. But we're we're also very independent, so we make fun of both of those people too. So it's funny for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, I was hoping that this movie is gonna be good. And I think I pretty much got exactly I will say 
the way it started was making me think like, is this more sci-fi than I thought? Yeah, that's what I was thinking at first too. But then as it went, I was like, oh, okay. But it's still a good movie. Yeah. So even though this pandemic's making us yeah, yeah, not yeah. want us to watch movies. Yes. We sat there and watched the movie. So what do you think about Dom? Okay. So, I mean, this movie is mired in controversy, right? From the moment it was going to come out, we had someone who was like, this is just liberal propaganda. It's it's all fake news. That kind of stuff. You you know who we're talking about. Um, and I thought it would be a little bit more like biting and satir- sat- sat- satire um, than it was. <clears throat> but I will say from beginning to end, I love that neither of them are good guys. Like neither the elites or the deplorables. And I, I love the idea that like... It's it's exactly like what like actually goes on where like more conservative right leaning media propaganda wills into existence like like Mannergate, which is from the, the movie where a bunch of elites go and they hunt conservatives. And the idea though, because it's true, then the like left liberal media then spins into like bring up things that, like that it's like, you know what though? Like, that's actually true because of this and that. And it's, like, where it has some kernel of truth. So then it's, like, but, like, at the end, it's, like, yeah, the, she's, like, the whole reason why we did it was because you guys kept posting about it. And then she's, like, but you did it after the fact. And it's, like, see, it's this constant push and shove of, like, oh, well, we're going to make a conspiracy. Well, we're going to make that conspiracy true. And it's just, like, but, well, you did it first. It's, like, no, but you did it. And yeah. it's funny. But I will say, like, the action's pretty good. Like, I love how if anyone out there has seen Feast, like, they do this thing where they make you think, like, the, this one character is the main character, and then they get killed off. And then another character, and then they get killed off. And then another character. And then, like, literally until, like, the end, like, then it's finally, like, this is the true uh, main character of our story. Well, they kind of do that with like Emma Roberts, where you're kind of following her, and you think, "Oh, so we're gonna follow her," and then she gets her <laughs> head just explodes. And then the one guy, we think, "Oh, he's the," and then he gets like <laughs> he steps on a landmine. <laughs> and then we follow um, like Ike Barinholtz, and we think, "Okay, so we're with this guy." And then it turns out, oh. No, and then finally we get the the main character, and she's pretty badass. I appreciate it for that reason, Mm -hmm. but I also wish that they got super famous people to be in it. I'm not saying, like, Emma Roberts isn't famous or anything, but you know what I mean? Like, imagine if, like, a a, a Tom Hanks were to pop up, you're like, he's obviously the guy. Oh, no, he just got blown up. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. If they got, like, Tom Hardy and, like, um... Then he gets blown up, or they got like a like Natalie Portman, and then she just gets like blown up, and then Chris Hemsworth, and then he gets shot, and then finally mm-hmm. it's this um like this actress who she's been working for a while, but you know like this is I would say like her first like major like yeah, role starting role yeah yeah and it's like oh okay but like Hillary Swank does a great job she's like fucking crazy in this movie because she's like well no because this is what she said about me that it bitch she's, she's my snowball and I love how at the very end she <laughs> like it's like wait wouldn't you be <laughs> snowball wait you were at animal farm she's like yeah 
honestly, I thought this movie was going to be pretty much what this was. Yeah. Uh, but I knew there was going to be a twist. So mm. I I remember like hearing that where it's like, oh, it's not what you think, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But really, the twist is like, yeah, both these people fucking suck. Because our technically, our main character isn't really no. on either side. Mm-mm. Like, you, you think that she, because she has an accent, right, yeah. that you think, oh, she, she is just like these other people. Yeah, and that she's good with guns, so she's got to be from. Like, yeah. But then it's like, oh, no, it's because she was in the, the army and she did all this training. And then and then she also is not dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so. and also turns out they just got, like, the elites are the dumb ones because they got the wrong person. Yeah. Which it, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I, honestly... This movie is so fun. It's so funny. Yeah. It does suck that everyone does die right away. Because mm. I thought, like, I like Baron Holtz was going to be like, oh, here's our, here's our funny guy. Yeah. Oh, you just killed him. But I kind of like that they just all keep getting killed. Like, everyone they, that she's, like, with yeah. just gets killed. Like, Gary, he, he just gets killed. And, and that helps out with the flow of the movie because... Even when it does slow down a little bit, it's still pushing towards the end. And then all of a sudden, like, you're at the end and you have this epic fight scene. And then it just it ends. I like when he's like, no, they're just crisis actors. She's a crisis actor. It's like, that's a baby. The baby. They have crisis, <laughs> crisis babies. babies. And then, like, he's all like complaining. And then the one guy is all like, they're never going to believe you, Gary. And he's all, see, see, he's like, he's like, he's all, or whatever. Yeah, honestly, it's so funny. It's and super entertaining. I don't get why, like, conservative, quote unquote, conservatives got so upset because they make fun of, like, the. Like, liberals just as much as they make fun of the conservatives. Yeah, like, the liberals like, are literally ridiculous. They're, like, caricatures of liberals. Like, they're like, oh, all those people have suffered for so long be, be, to be treated by that racist asshole. <gasps> what do you mean, those people? You guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh sorry. sorry, I gendered you. <laughs> and then she's like, what do you mean, those people? Oh, I mean, uh, sorry, black people. <laughs> no, oh, African-American. It's like, no, you're. it's okay to say um, black people. And then she's like, well, where'd you hear that? NPR. It's like, who's made up of? White people. Oh, we're the worst. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I think. Oh, God. And in a time like this, right, Mm. where we're facing this pandemic and everyone is scared and nervous, you need a movie like this to laugh. I think so, too. You could laugh at the the guys. Well, I'm exposing the, what was it? What they call it? The Hunt Gate or whatever? No, Manor Gate. Oh, Manor Gate. Yeah, I have a podcast about it. And then, like, the same thing with, like, the, the liberals where they're like, oh, uh, what did she say? Oh, where she calls her, like, a redneck. And they're doing that whole thing. And she's like, so you're saying, like, you shouldn't be judged or you shouldn't have better treatment because you're a woman? Of course not. And then. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, he's like, you can't shoot, her, you can't shoot a woman. And it's like, do you think you should have preferential treatment because you're a woman? And she's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so, honestly. It's so funny on both sides of it. Yeah. And like you said, like for for us, people who want to be more open-minded to not just try to say, oh, well, the left is bad or the right is bad, whatever. When you see this, you'll be like, oh, it's funny because even though these people are characters, it's kind of also this like 
in reality, right? <laughs> yeah. The, like what you... the podcast guy sounds ridiculous, but that is how a, some people yeah. are. Or like remember where he's like they they back because I'm in Staten Island and when I have my seven guns, she's like, "Why do you need seven guns?" <laughs> she's like he's like that's my that's my right that's my second amendment right and she's like well isn't it their right to shoot you like because the girl's like to stand your ground and he, she's like but isn't that their right to stand their ground and he's just like looking at them all confused like <laughs> yeah um honestly there's not a ton to get into this movie because no it just moves so fast and it's it's mainly an act. See, they they describe it as like a horror or a thriller. I'd say this is more of an action movie. So. I would say it's like a gory action comedy. Yeah, I would say it's like an action satire. Yeah, like in in the vein of uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, there you go. Obviously, American. it's an action movie. This is the American Hot Fuzz. <gasps> uh, there's really not much to say except for if you guys like. Good entertaining movies, watch it. Do you think it deserved them to be like pushed back? No, or that's not? what I'm saying. Yeah. I think people got too much into the idea that oh, they're killing the the far right. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, this is insane. But it's like it's just a movie. Yeah, and you know what? If it was like where all the the more like liberals are are oh yeah, they're like super owning them and killing. It's like okay. Maybe I could see where you're getting yeah. at, right? But they're not. They're just bumbling idiots, like the bumbling idiots that they're I, uh, I, shoot. They're trying to kill. Yeah, I love how people read something somewhere and they're like, "Wait, they're killing a bunch of real people like me, true Americans." That well, that's ridiculous. Like this movie needs to be pulled. It's like how many times have like liberals done that where they're like, "Oh, well, this has a bunch like Joker." It has a bunch of violence. It's going to cause some, and and the left says, I mean the right says, what? No, this is a champion of champions. He's a real American because he's just like me. And so then they put out Joker, right? And it's everything's fine. Same thing with this. It's not like all the the people on the left like went and started killing all these people on the right yet. Yet. Oh, it's just because of the pandemic. Once because yeah. the hunt's coming out for everyone to see, um, to stream. Once they all see it. That's the reckoning. Yeah, the the controversy was stupid, just yeah. like most controversy in movies. And exactly. It, it never deserved to be waited this long to be put out. No. But I will say, either way, I'm happy because for a movie that we've been waiting for, I mean, yeah. it didn't disappoint. I just hate that like some movie studios decide to like pull just because of pressure. Either way, you know what I mean. Like, I guess there is a real line though, because if it was like about like hating people and how like minorities are inferior to white people, I guess I wouldn't want. But I mean, they still should be. I mean, you should never censor art, right? So that means all art should never be censored. Maybe let those people who want to see it see it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. I know, I know, but. I think this kind of goes into that kind of thing where it's like, well, we want to see it because we want to laugh at everybody. But there's some people out there who are like, well, I don't want people to laugh at me just because I want to own a gun and kill minorities. God. 
And that's his God-given right. Yeah. And then there's some other people who are like, well, I don't want people to laugh at me just because I want to walk on eggshells and not laugh at anyone or make fun of anybody. I'm a snowflake. Honestly, whatever you think this movie is, swipe that away. Mm. Just if you want something fun and entertaining exactly. and funny yep. and something that it's not going to, it's not going to make you waste like three hours of your time. No, I, I was surprised how fast I'm, we, yeah. we got through I that. mean, it was like, what, like a normal hour 30, something mm-hmm. like that. But it, the way that the movie was, it went by super fast. I even checked my, my, my phone afterwards thinking like, was this movie like an hour well, long? I went, when I went to go vote, I was like, it's barely 12. Yeah. How long was the movie? So this is definitely a go see. Yeah. Especially right now, right? Yeah. The special political yeah. climate and the, the virus. When you're listening to this, hopefully it'll be like Friday or Saturday. Um, it'll be out streaming. You can stream it. If you get a chance to stream it, stream it. Like yeah. on, honestly, would you pay nineteen ninety nine though for it? Yeah. I mean we could you could have paid twenty dollars and that's two tickets. That's true. You know what? You're right. So like you're quarantined. Maybe you want to invite a friend or two over, rent it. Gonna be fun. Yeah. Trust me. <sighs> Good film. Definitely backed hard. Mm-hmm. And stop taking things so serious. Yeah, why so serious? Okay, so since we talked about something a little bit heavy last week, uh, for the segment, I think we'll talk about something a little bit lighter. You know what a child actor is, right? Child actors have often had difficulty shifting from you know child roles to adult roles. For every success, there are at least three other actors who have failed to transition to an adult actor. Um, it seems that fame can also promote the negative demise of many child actors, and they can experience a downward spiral into the world of decadence, drugs, and a source of other demons that accompany being in the spotlight. But let's chat about some child stars that transitioned successfully into adult actors. <clears throat> let's start off with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He acted in The Outsiders, a TV series, Growing Pains, and Parenthood. His career gained momentum in movies such as um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape and um, Romeo and Juliet and The Basketball Diaries. I don't even know what these movies are. Um, Leo, however, became a household name after titanic because why not but he's um now in like critically acclaimed movies like the aviator the departed uh inception and django unchained but he also won an academy award for um his part in the revenant but yeah he's i mean he's been in a slew of things he yeah i guess like i would say that he's like one of the poster (laughs) child of like um like the way you transition successfully and like from being a child actor to being like more of a adult, a, not an adult actor. Cause I feel like that's like, <laughs> like some kind of like porn star. Uh, let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> Natalie Portman. Uh, now one of the most highly paid actors in the world. Portman was discovered by a modeling rep in a pizza restaurant when she was just 11 years old. One year later, she was seen on screen in the 1994 film, The Professional, which is now kind of like, because of um, Luke Besson. Imagine someone going like, damn, that 11-year-old looks really good. Yeah, and then like, let's let's sex her up in this movie. And it's like, Luke Besson, why why are you doing that? He's all, I am doing because I'm French. (laughs) That's what we do. 
uh, yeah, we, we are all pedophiles. It's like, I don't think that's true. Um, since then, Portman has been seen um, on our screens more times than we can count. In 2010, she won the Academy Award for Best Actress uh, for her portrayal of Trouble Belly dancer Nina Sayers in Black Swan, which is actually a really good movie. But yeah, she like she's been in well Marvel movies, and she's coming uh, upcoming and to take over as Thor, right? For um, Chris Hemsworth in Thor: Love and Thunder, pretty pretty good. Drew Barrymore's story, as it so easily could have gone in a totally different direction, because um, as a seven-year-old ch- um, child, she won hearts of many when she made her film debut playing Gertie in E.T., but things soon went south for the adorable actor as she experienced abuse and became addicted to drugs and alcohol. All this happened from the age of nine, so we're amazed that she managed to make it out. Not only did she get herself out of a troubled lifestyle, she ended up becoming one of the most successful actors in Hollywood. She has appeared in some of the most popular romantic comedies in history, including The Wedding Singer, Never Been Kissed, Fifty First Dates, Riding Cars with Boys, and so much more. She also owns her own production company. I didn't know that. Hers is crazy because you're right. She could have easily just fell off and be like, Oh, remember the cute girl from E.T.? Yeah. Yeah, she's a fucking drug addict now. Look at her. Look at her. But um, she cites uh, Steven Spielberg stepping up and, like, telling her, hey, you got to get your life together. And she did. And and she was 10 years old. So all of you out there who are 30-something who are still doing drugs, it's like, you need to get your act together. If a 10-year-old can do it, I think you can do it. Keenan Thompson. It seems like Keenan Thompson was always destined to become an actor. He couldn't get enough of starring in school plays, and his passion eventually paid off in a big way. At 15 years old, he landed his first major role in the sequel to The Mighty Ducks, D2 The Mighty Ducks. This was shortly followed by the third installment, D3 The Mighty Ducks. As he grew up and transitioned to adult roles, Thompson appeared in Love Don't Cost a Thing, Barbershop 2, Back in Business, My Boss's Daughter, and Snakes on a Plane, which, I mean, they're, they're not successes. But, although he has achieved modest success in the film industry, his best known work has been his role as a cast member of sketch comedy show Saturday Night Live, which, began, which he began in 2003, which I was thinking about, I was like, damn, 2003? Then he has to be the longest serving because yeah. in two and three years will be twenty years, yeah. right? Um, I mean, we always knew Kenan Thompson was going to go on to do Saturday Night Live. If you were a kid in the nineties and you saw him on all that, and then the Kenan and Kel show, you knew he was going to. And I, I always thought it would be both of them, yeah. but unfortunately, um, Cal Mitchell just didn't. It sucks. Yeah, but just, I mean, yeah, for. Someone who, like, we literally grew up with. Literally grew up we li- with. Yeah. I mean, I'll, it wasn't that long ago I was telling my sisters, like, how fucking perfect Mighty Ducks 2 is. And knowing that we knew him from then till today, he's still working and he's still funny. It's like, yeah, he should. Yeah. Like, like he, he he's someone who really carved out his own uh, his own stardom without having to have to go one way or the other because you know like there's some people who they stay like a tv star but they're not really like 
big TV stars, right? Like mm. there's people who are like, oh yeah, I know that person. Oh yeah, yeah. Or there's people who try to go and they try to do film and they try to be these film actors, but they're not not really that. Or some people do and that's all they do. When we just talked about it. How some people move to film and just stay at film. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's it's great that like he turned out the way we thought he was exactly like how we thought he would turn out, and it's like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, and then Amanda Bynes is the one who went fucking crazy. Yes, <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson. Here we have another big time actor that started out when they were just a kid. Scarlett Johansson has started so many good movies; it's really hard to keep track of them all. In fact, she's consistently featured in lists of the world's highest paid actresses and has. Amassed a fortune worth over a hundred million. If that's not a sign of Hollywood success, we don't know what is. Maybe being treated equally, or maybe her not taking all the roles from minorities and well, just minorities in general. But whatever. She scored her first major film role as a twelve-year-old in Manny and Low. I don't even know what movie that is. And two years later, she was uh, starring opposite Robert Redford in The Horse Whisperer. In two thousand one, she w- when she was seventeen. She starred in Ghost World, which really put her on in the spotlight as a serious actress. Since then, she's been in Lost in Translation, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. You just not that into you. She was just recently in uh, Avengers Endgame. She was in Marriage Story. She was in Jojo Rabbit. She's in a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, other than the controversy of still supporting a pedophile... And taking roles from people who actually deserve the roles. She's a good actress, for the most part. But I guess let's just get on to the, the last one. He, he honestly really is like the king of like the successful, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's first role in a feature film was an uncredited part in Elvis Presley's musical that happened at the World's Fair at the age of 11. After several guest appearances, Russell got his first starring role in the fantastically named Western series, The Travels of Jamie McFeeters, although it was canceled after one series. In the late 60s, Russell was signed to Disney and became a big star for The House of Mouse during the 1970s. He soon caught the attention of John Carpenter and the rest is history. Their pairing turned out to be legendary and they made Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, and Escape from L.A. Russell earned... Critical acclaim for his role in the biopic Silkwood before returning to blockbuster movie making with Tangle and Cash, Backdraft, Stargate, and Tombstone. He teamed up with Quentin Tarantino and Death Proof before being called on again in 2015 for The Hateful Eight. Um, if that wasn't enough, he joined the Fast and Furious franchise. He wasn't Fast and the Furious? What the fuck? <laughs> And the omnipresent MCU playing Ego, the living planet, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I mean, literally he started as a child star and he's had nothing. I mean, look at, he was, yeah, he was in Hateful Eight, which is like an amazing movie. And he does it like a still like a great job. And I love that um, his son's doing work too. And like, they're just, they're both amazing. Um, But it just goes to show you that like, not all child actors are the Brady kids and they all just die off or go on drugs or marry people that are what, like 50 years younger than them. Yeah. And, yeah. 
they have success and then marry people who are like 50 years younger than them. Or they're Leonardo DiCaprio who literally can't have a conversation with anyone who's not successful because he's been successful his whole life. That's why, um, I mean, you didn't bring it up because you hate them. But this newer generation of like kid stars, I think is going to be the precedent of like how you become a kid star. Like there's obviously there's always going to be trouble. I, I just didn't want to get into them because I feel like it's too early. Um, Dakota Fanning. She, the one thing I really love about her <laughs> is that she had all this success. That's true. And she was like, well, I want to just, I kind of want to be a little bit normal for a bit. Yeah. So she went, she did school, all that shit. And then she came back. She was like, well, I already made all my fucking money. So let me just do all the, Random little shit that I want to do. And she literally keeps popping up in things. I'm like, damn, she's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and But Elijah Wood did the same thing. I was going to put him in there, but then I was like, ah. Uh. He literally was like, I'm going to do all this acting, right? I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be a little cute kid. But then I'm going to make all the fucking money like yeah. when I'm turning 18. Yeah. And then just fucking do whatever I want. I, yeah, and I love that for, he for people like us, he started his own, his own like uh like horror film yeah. uh, studio. I I I like that too, yeah, cuz he literally all he had to do was Lord of the Rings and he's set for life. Cuz then he can just be like, "Okay, I can do whatever I want now." Yeah. And that's what he's done cuz he did um um Cooties which we reviewed. Um he did what Ma- Maniac, right? Didn't he do that one too mm-hmm. and then But well, he's, done, he's done a bunch. I know. But but I mean that's what I mean with I feel like a lot of these young actors, I mean, we just talked about Daniel Radcliffe doing the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think to me, I mean, I don't want to be ageist, but to me, when you see people like Zendaya make these transitions, you're like, yeah, how could she not be fucking famous? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe it's just, like you said, maybe it's too early to tell, but I think it says a lot that. People learn from being like, oh, you know, these kids from like this time, whatever. Like, look at now people who are child stars who don't have to focus on the drugs, the money, you know, the scandal. Um, One person who expertly, I think, calls that out is Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Because they constantly want to, like, get into her relationships and sexualize her. And it's like, she's what, like thir- 12, 13? No, I think she's like 15, 16 now. Oh, okay. But still, she's like 16. Yeah. And they're, they're trying but ever to like. Since she, yeah, ever since she got bigger, like, oh, she's kissing a boy. Yeah, it's like, huh? leave her the fuck alone. Like, this is a kid. Like, yes, it's it's weird that we have a, a, a date that we can, like, then sexualize her. But but we had that what? for the Olsen twins. Yeah. I, yeah. Which is, right. I always thought was weird. It's like, they're not. Like that attractive. No, and then you see their 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 who that they said their frumpy little sister yeah, Lizzie, like, and then you see oh Elizabeth Olsen. God, like, why why can't they look like Elizabeth Olsen? Damn right. Um, no, but mm. you're right. See that that's what I'm saying is I think that we're in an age now where people want to still focus on that. They want to be like, oh, is she gonna be the next? Um, Drew Barrymore and like get you know oh have this crazy life of like drugs and party when she's a kid it's like no no like, I mean yeah maybe they're out having fun or whatever but they're still kids like yeah. you know like, I don't know I just I feel like more so now than ever these child stars are starting to be more 
mature about it. Yeah. Where they can still, yeah, they're going to be child stars, whatever, but we can watch them grow without having to have some sort of controversy. But people still try. Like you said, oh, they, they people are constantly trying to like, oh, this uh, whatever star now, look at what they're doing. I mean, we see it all the time with uh, even today where it's like Vanessa Hudgens is how far along from uh, fucking Disney? And yeah. people are like, yeah, see this ex-Disney star getting raunchy. And it's like, yeah, because she's a fucking woman now. Yeah. It's like it's like that whole thing that we were talking about like with, with Lizzie McGuire. It's like, yeah, back then it would have been weird to have like – Hillary Duff, like, thinking of all this, like, sex and, like, stuff like that, right? But, like, if she's, like, 30 and on a, on a show, it's, I mean, like, to be why? fair, we were that age. Well, yeah, I know. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think that it's, it's starting to change, but there's still that old Hollywood who wants to focus on... Oh, like, did you hear these rumors? Yeah, or, like all the kind yeah, of go on the page six. And yeah, like the oh, I, I heard blind items. I, yeah, I heard from so and so that so that Millie Bobby Brown is dating. Oh my goodness! And it's like okay, like leave her alone though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting to hear about a lot of these older kind of celebrities. Even not some of them are not even that old. But kind of just seeing like how it's transitioning now. Like yeah. I said, with Zendaya, I mean, she was a Disney star person. I mean, we still do see it though, because what was the other girl, um, the redheaded chick? Oh, Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. Yeah, like see even that they, when she wants to go out and whatever. But it's like yeah, they called her crazy in that one thing that I was reading. And I was yeah, like, she's not crazy. She's yeah, just she's eccentric. Yeah, just because she wants to direct some porn does that mean that she's crazy no i don't think so yeah so it's always gonna linger and it's always gonna be there but i do have more faith in these child actors now yeah where they're moving away from like having to be the hall the hollywood kid mm. and just be like oh we can do because i mean i think the best thing i could think of is the uh, fucking fifth finn one finn wolfhard is that yeah. whatever finn wolfhard uh where he's like, yeah, you know, it's weird kind of being like famous, but like I still love music. So being famous means I could do music too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's just, start, yeah. he's just trying to be like a normal teenager and start a fucking band. Yeah. They can actually go and do these things now where they're like, yeah, they do child right. acting for a bit. And <laughs> yeah. They... Uh, Dakota Fanning was like, oh, I want to be a cheerleader. So she went and then she stopped acting so she can be a cheerleader for a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. It is interesting to see, though, some of these child actors, especially, especially you said, like, some of them who are like, oh, fuck, yeah, it's been a really long time. But it also makes you kind of appreciate these kids now where we'll watch them, you know, um, like Stranger Things and seeing these kids grow up in front of us and be like, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be yeah, like, as raveled up in controversy as some of these older ones. Yeah, like watching a Kieran and Shipka on Mad Men and then now it's like and she's doing just fine with Sabrina. Yeah. And it's like it's like her and like Zendaya are the two that I'm like, when are you guys gonna I, I can't wait for you to win your Academy Award. When is it gonna be? Because I think they're that I honestly I think they're that good where I think they could win. But Till then, we'll just say thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. We severely do. Uh, if you are self-quarantined, like you probably should be, because I think like the 
whole America, United States of America is saying like you should. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and like or subscribe to our podcast? Uh, we're pretty much on any streaming service, including mm-hmm. YouTube. Yes. We have a link in our description of the episode you could click on, take you there. And yeah, check out some old episodes, um, catch up on some of the groundbreaking news. You know, we do four, five, sometimes a year prior to <laughs> it actually breaking news. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, just let us know. Do you have a favorite childhood actor turned success? Mm-hmm. Um, do you hate childhood act? Do you hate child actors? Yeah. Uh, oh, those child actors. <laughs> I mean, I know there's people like that. Did you get to see The Hunt yet? I'm pretty sure not because of the coronavirus. Yeah. But if you have, let us know. What did you think of it? Did you hate it because you're like, oh, those libtards? Or did you hate it because all oh, those right conservators? I don't know. Yeah, just let us know. Like, uh, did you watch Westworld? What yeah. do you think about Westworld? How much do you love Westworld? What theories you got about it? Yeah. Actually, honestly, you got theories? Fucking let us know. Yeah, honestly. I'm afraid to go on YouTube with that stuff because I don't want to do what I did the first season. I think the only thing I would like to watch is maybe Nerd Soup. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the Nerd Soup review. Maybe the Think Story guy because I like his... His reviews are really short, and he gets to the point. Mm. Um, but I'm going to try not to go down the, here's my theories for blah, 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 <laughs> for 25 minutes. And I'm like, fuck. But, I mean, if you have any, yeah. let us know. Until then, guys, wash your hands. Wipe your ass. Mm-hmm. Don't cough at people. No. And be safe. And, yeah, like I said, we have literally 100 episodes of this podcast you can listen to. So yeah. self-quarantine with us. And remember, guys, as always, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I endorse Woody Allen. That's weird, Dom. Why would you say that? <laughs>